Welcome to Two Inches Off the Ground. When you are enlightened, you live your life two inches off the ground. If you like this podcast, give me five stars and follow me at Two Inches Off the Ground. Also check out freespiritpodcast.com where I've created digital products and metaphysical services for you. Please look in the show notes for more details. And I'm moving along with my forthcoming podcast that should drop this month. So let's move on to today's topic. In honor of Mother's Day, our topic is motherhood in COVID, which I am so excited to talk about because I don't know anything about it. And my guest is a brilliant artist, actor, writer, baker extraordinaire who has done the thing. Leah Aprile is a mom of three, ages eight, four and a half, and two years Leah, are you tired? Do you want to take a nap right now? <laughs> I think I've fully adjusted to just constant tiredness. So it takes a lot now, actually, for me to feel like I need a nap. So I'm good. I'm good. You were nice enough to wake up at 5 a.m. for this, to record this, which is awesome. Leah runs a small production and creative services company with her husband, which relies on their many combined years in theater and film. Raising young children in the midst of a pandemic has spawned so much new material, I bet it has, in addition to writing scripts and stories for various companies. Leah is currently in pre-production on The Black Horse, a Zoom play to benefit bars and restaurants affected by the pandemic, which is so cool. And her most recent essay, I love this name, Mom at the Bottom, amazing name, Leah, will be published on Coffee and Crumbs later this month. So Leah, you're going to give me all those links so I can add them to the show notes, right? Yes. Yes. But of all her amazing accomplishments, being mommy is the one she is most proud of. Welcome, Leah. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really thrilled to do this. All right, so let's get into it. What does COVID motherhood look like now compared to the start of the pandemic? So right now, this episode will drop May 4th, 2021. What has changed for the better or for worse? I mean, for my family, it's pretty, uh, there's a lot of similarities between now and the start of the pandemic. We are just now starting to, you know, let our kids go to playgrounds without feeling like we have to run away if other families show up. We're still operating as a pretty just independent unit without childcare. My oldest child has just recently transitioned from total virtual school to a half in-person model. She was so excited, even though, you know, she has to wear a mask. She can't do anything collaboratively with any of her classmates. They have real strict rules about sharing. None of that matters for her and her peers. They're just so happy to be in a room together. My husband was joking and saying, it's like they've all had day jobs. You know, <laughs> it's like they've all had terrible day jobs for the last year, just sitting in their basements or wherever on their computers. Um, That's funny. Do you feel that the, the pressure has been taken off a bit, especially in regard to the eight-year-old going back to school? I should ask you to clarify the pressure in terms of like the at-home situation or or does it feel less scary to send her to school than it did that's at the beginning question. of the Yeah, that's a good question. I would say more the pressure on you as a mother, you know, trying to keep this whole household together all the time. Yes, it has. 
Though I will say that my daughter, she is super, she is like a kid who loves school and is really self-motivated and kind of has blown our minds during this. I have not seen her level of enthusiasm, interest, engagement, or effort drop at all, even though she's been doing virtual school for, you know, a year. But I will say what's been, what has taken the pressure off is feeling like she's got, she's got a little bit more hope. She's got some legs underneath her. She's feeling like her life is coming back. Yeah. And so that, that relieves an internal pressure. She's happier. She's a more engaged being. Good for her, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She's pretty amazing. So yeah. I'm sure they all are. So I was listening to a couple mommy podcasts in researching for this episode. I stumbled upon two of them that I really liked. The first one is called What Fresh Hell? (laughs) It's about about, uh, mommyhood in COVID. And they brought up something really cool. They said, when you're in an experience or situation that is not great. It's, it's, you know, you're just slogging through it. They say that that 75% mark, and I'm, I'm saying they as an experts are say that the 75% mark is when everyone hits the wall. So if you think of an experience and hundred percent, 75% of your way through it is when you hit the wall. So, you know, that can be winter, for example. And they gave the example of February. They said, if you look at the months of winter, everyone wants to just climb the walls and is hitting the wall in February, which makes sense. And one of the women actually records in LA. So she's in a nice sunny place, but she says, you know, it doesn't matter. It's still February. It's still not the most fun month. And her sister actually came up with this. I love this, came up with this um, mantra of we don't make decisions in February. No major decisions are made in February. So saying all that, Do you feel that hitting the wall at 75% where I think we are now with COVID, I'm going to guess and say we're 75% of the way through? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Like when you first started that, I thought, oh my gosh, that's so, that is so accurate. I would say, and maybe this is naive on my part, but I think I hit that 75% mark like a month or so ago. I feel that the whole COVID thing for for me and for a lot of the moms that I have in my life is a real wave pattern. At the beginning, there was this real sense of, and I think this is true across the board, not just for moms, but there was a real sense of we can do this. Okay, you know, let's go to Costco and get our things and set everybody up and you know, it's hard, but we're in it together and let's make some sidewalk art. And then it was terrible. But I would say very recently, there's been another moment that has been unique. And I bet it is this 75% thing. All my people who, and and my other mom friends in particular, who have spent this entire pandemic touching base with each other, reaching out, texting, Zooming, whatever, we all went radio silent, hmm. you know, and, and, and it felt like everyone kind of closed down into their little, their, their little pods. And we're all just kind of waiting because it feels like the end is close, but not quite close enough. Yep. I think it's been the hardest moment of the pandemic, for sure. And with kids too, it's been such a confusing time, especially for little kids, how they're trying to wrap their heads around what's been going on. It's challenging with this particular circumstance too, because the grownups have never been through it. Oh yeah, good point. So we're 
not in a position to say, well, it'll be like this. And then, you know, we don't know either. It was really important to me to find a mom like you, Leah, who is working two to three full-time jobs during the pandemic. You're a mom, homeschooling, and working on your own creative pursuits and helping run a company, you know, just all that. Yeah. For those <laughs> just that. Not much. Those, yeah, exactly. For those of you that don't know, there was a famous series of articles in the New York Times that detailed the profound distress of parenting during COVID. These articles are entitled An American Mother on the Brink and the Primal Scream, America's Mothers Are in Crisis. I will put them in the show notes. In fact, in February 2021, the New York Times set up a Primal Scream hotline where parents can call and vent. Did you do this? No, I did not, but I did um, I did hear a couple of them. Yeah, and let me tell you, uh, I think Leah will agree, if you listen to some of the calls, which I did, you feel the stress, the emotion, the sometimes hopelessness, the fear, the worry, just sometimes women screaming into the phone. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a lot, but Leah, I aim to uplift my <laughs> listeners, right? We're not going down this dark hole. So I would love to know how you took all this darkness and not only stayed in the light, but stayed creative and productive. I will just start by saying I definitely had moments where I would have loved to scream into a phone somewhere. It's definitely had its challenges, but um, my husband is incredible and I love him like to the moon and back. And there was no one I would rather be trapped for 14 months in a house with. I feel as all mothers feel about their children, that they are amazing, magical creatures. I did hit a moment at some point where I realized I haven't been alone for more than, you know, an hour or two at a time since this all started. You know, I realized I have to do something. I have to help myself out here or I'm not going to, I'm actually not going to make it. I started waking up at 530 in the morning before my kids wake up so that I can write, which is, you know, my job, but it also is a sort of a spiritual practice for me. I've been doing yoga for many, many years, and it's a very important part of my life. And so when the two-year-old naps, the four-year-old knows he has to play by himself. My daughter's usually doing a school-related thing. I have a spot in the living room. I have my basket with my yoga mat and my yoga blankets. And everyone knows that's my yoga time. It's not a luxurious 90 minutes as it once was when I could go to class, but it's a half hour, 45 minutes. I'm not to be disturbed if they can help it. You know, they don't ask me for anything unless it's urgent. That's my time. And those, they just gave me just enough, you know, just enough so that I felt like, okay, I can, I can do this. That's awesome. So it's the idea of self-care, putting yourself first, and also, I would say almost to me, setting boundaries. Yeah, yeah. I think that was a big part of it, actually, to say, you know, it's okay for me to have this space. And it's actually really important for them to see that I have it. It's not for them. It's, you know, this thing I'm doing for me, and they they know that they have to respect it. It's good. I grew up in a household, which I have a fantastic mother, but my mother was a martyr. Hmm. And she did everything. And she, in my opinion, really didn't do much self-care or anything. And I think that was you know, maybe one of the small reasons I never became a mom. Mm, yeah. I, I saw her just doing everything, not sitting down, not asking for help. And I, I just think that's a dangerous road to go. 
Yeah. And um, the fact that your kids are seeing that it's healthy to say, okay, mom, mommy's putting herself first right now, unless yeah. it's an emergency, obviously you're reasonable. Right. And, you know, obviously the kid's like swinging from a vine, yeah. you know, you know, about to go in a pool. Yes, of course. I really think that's a great lesson that it's okay. It's okay to put yourself first. Yeah. It's so common. And I think you feel that pressure as a mom too, especially with Instagram, <laughs> you know, you feel the pressure to just be entirely 100% for your kids. You said this thing about you wondering if it's connected to not wanting to become a mother. And I think, oh yeah, of course, of course you would think that does not seem like a fun gig. Nope. <laughs> not fun at all. And I love how you brought up the idea of perfection. And we talked about it just a second before we came on and recorded was I said, my husband's not home, so you may hear my one dog, and we're going to have to stop recording because when he stops barking, that's how it is. And then you say to me, well, one of my children likes to stir at weird hours, so you may hear a baby crying. And there's something in us as women where mm. we have to have a disclaimer for that. You know, God yeah. forbid it isn't perfect. I know I'm recording with someone who's a mother of three small children. Okay. I'm, I'm well aware because of the subject matter today. Yeah, and, yeah. And still, you know, we still feel we have to have that disclaimer and, and God forbid someone hears a baby in the background. I think that's so dangerous. Yeah. I keep fantasizing about an Instagram page that's just called messes my kids make. You know, because sometimes do it's it. extraordinary. Do it. I bet you would be an Instagram phenomenon. The pandemic in some ways has been sort of liberating um, with some of that stuff. There's no like reset time in the way there once was. So it all just has to be what it is. Absolutely. I love that. So now that's a perfect lead in to what we're going to talk about next. From everything I've researched for this episode, I feel like one of the lessons for mothers and fathers is the idea of surrender, letting go during this pandemic. When I was listening and researching about this pandemic, a lot of moms were really upset about the amount of screen time their kids are exposed to now. Uh, so for example, the kids are on virtual school, but then they still want to play games on the computer mm -hmm. or watch TV or whatever. So yeah, has letting go been a lesson for you? Yeah. For various reasons, like one of the things that was very important to me as a mom was feeling like the house was clean to my own detriment sometimes. So having to let go of some of that and some, having to say like, I will get to these I will get to this. I know that I will. I can trust that I will. I don't have to do it right this hot second and everyone's going to be fine. That's been really liberating, I think. It is so different from family to family what everybody needs. There's been a lot more compassion engendered in everybody for how everyone is doing their family life. So yes, the answer is yes. There's been a lot of letting go. But I think also there has been a sort of necessary shoring up that had to happen, you know, where we had to really look at what are the non-negotiable things in our family? What are the things that we cannot let be compromised even in the midst of a crisis so that our kids feel like, okay, yeah, this is the stuff that I can rely on. 
So what happens when you have a bad day, a really bad day, parenting wise, how do you raise your vibration again? You know, it doesn't, I'm realistic. It doesn't have to be on that day. It can be over a span of days. Do you engage in any metaphysical or spiritual practices that our parent listeners would benefit from? Now, I know you had said about getting up at 5.30 a.m. and writing, and you also said the yoga for 30 to 45 minutes uninterrupted. Is there anything else? Yes, I would say, well, look, when I have a bad day, I cry. (laughs) And for me, (laughs) crying is a real cathartic experience. That's been a practice, I would say. I mean, I did already talk about it, but the the writing for me in Joan Didion's memoir, um, The Year of Magical Thinking. Have you ever, did you read that book? I didn't read it, but I know of it. Yeah. So it's about the death of her husband. And early in that book, she talks about how when things sort of fall apart in her life, she does what her father taught her to do, which she calls um, taking it to the books. So she reads, you know, she just reads. She finds the books that sort of let her into the experience in a different way. And that really stuck with me. And I I thought then and I thought now, like, oh, I, I do that, but I take it to the page. And I'm not talking about journaling. I think a lot of people get encouraged to journal. But I particularly have found that journaling my feelings, for me, <laughs> amplifies them in a way that isn't helpful. So I will sometimes use writing when I'm not working on a project, I will use it as a way to investigate the beauty and the poetry of the world around me, of my moment to explode the moment sort of, you know, to like make it what is very small, very large in relief. That's an incredible practice for me. And I think it's really an accessible thing to do, even if you're not a writer, to, you know, take a moment, step away from the noise of your life and just say, like, what am I looking at? What is around me? Can I look more deeply at this tree outside my window? Or can I look more deeply at this moment that's stuck in my head for whatever reason? Can I just dive into it? I find it to be a very grounding practice, very settling. Yeah, it gets me it gets me through. So I would say that that is one thing. That is great because I talk about on this podcast a lot. I'm not into journaling. I do uh-huh. it. Yeah. I do more automatic writing than journaling. So I think that's a really good alternative to journaling. So thank you. So speaking of writing, I had yes. asked you today to read us an excerpt from one of your amazing poems. And for those of you that don't know, I've mentioned it many times, I have a master's degree in creative writing. I was also an editor for 10 years. So I'm very discerning in writing and I find Leah's writing absolutely brilliant. And will you read us an excerpt? Will you introduce the poem and read us an excerpt? I will, I will. And I, I, I always feel like I need to put poem in quotes a little bit because I think poets are magical people, and I, I, I am a writer, but I don't know. They're, they're prose poems, I would say. So this is called Going on a Bear Hunt. So it is true. We are good. We have each other. We have love in our house, enough to fill it. And adults in the world are all reminding each other that soon this will go back to normal, that everyone will recover, and two of our three kids will not remember this season, these seasons. But it could be six more months. 
It could be another year without friends or events or sports or outings, without parties or holiday gatherings, without date nights, babysitters, friends. Did I mention friends? And so the we are good is tinged with all the other. We are good, but I miss people. We are good, but I am never alone, almost never. And that can't be good for my psyche. We are good, but we are trapped in a house without our stuff, in a city I am convinced I don't want to live in, without tethers. We are good, but we are worried about our four-year-old because his only friends are his big sister and his baby brother, and that can't be good for his psyche. We are good, but Paul is carrying the weight of all the dollars and all the doing, and he does it willingly but has no diversions, and that can't be good for his psyche. We are good, except I watch my daughter make magic from materials around the house, from the light in her own mind, and I am envious of the time she has to devote, jealous of a seven-year-old, because her whole day is creativity and my whole day is dishes, band-aids, snacks, walks around the neighborhood. We are good, except our littlest has no experience of real separation, has had no time without us all, and has also had no time where he is the center. There's been no time to be the baby at home without the big kids. He is held and passed, distracted, coerced, overlooked or swooped out of the way, tended to, but often left to his own. And when this ends, he will be old enough to go to school himself. And what a shock it will be to his system. And we worry, wonder, think, it can't be good for his psyche. But I cannot wish us back in time as much as I wish some days I could. So I take solace in what is there, in all the new ways we have knit ourselves together. There is a book we've read to all three kids, one that I used to dread because it took so long and felt so tedious, repetitive, but now I love, look forward to, and hold secretly, because eesh, embarrassing, as a spiritual text, as so many children's books are. It's about a family who goes looking for a bear, and along the way, they run into obstacle after obstacle. And at each one, they pause and consider, can we go over this? Can we go under it? And each time they realize, no, we have to go through it. And when they finally find the bear, they run all the way home, back to their big bed, and swear they will never go back. Because it wasn't the bear they were after, but the adventure, and the five of them Splashing, splashing, swishing through it all together. That embodies, I think, so many mothers' experience and and fathers, I should say, fathers' parent experience during COVID. Thank you so much. That poem is amazing. Prose poem is <laughs> incredible. I love it so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. So, Leah, that poem was absolutely amazing. So do you have any last piece of advice for our metaphysical listeners of how to parent at this stage of the pandemic and beyond, or just a quick tip you would like to share? I would say just remember that everybody is feeling it too. That would be my main piece of advice, that like we are all struggling and failing and succeeding in our own ways and that it's all okay and everyone's kids are going to be just fine. Perfect piece of advice. I just want to end with talking about some of your creative pursuits and telling everyone what's going on with you. 
I want to give a nod to your incredible short film named The All Nighters, which I just loved. It's starring you and Mariana Clavineau. And you may know Mariana from the HBO series True Blood, which I remember and I loved. Yeah. And it's directed by your talented husband, Paul Willis. The All Nighters, to me, tell me if I'm wrong, has a Broad City vibe. It, yes, it does no. for sure, but we made it before that. And when Broad City came out, I thought, oh, yeah, that's how you do it. <laughs> no, this was great too, but it's set in LA. And if anyone hasn't seen Broad City, it's really fun, but this is better. This is better. So um, I'll put the video link in the show notes. Again, it's called The All Nighters. It's 25 minutes. It's a great short. We're all looking for new content during COVID. So I encourage you to watch it. And just really quickly, was it so fun to shoot? It was super fun. It was super fun and really made me fall in love with LA in a way I, I hadn't quite yet because we had to be sneaky and like film at, you know, four in the morning and stuff. It yeah. was it was great. I love LA. I just have to say that. I love LA. I'm a, yeah. I'm a big LA person. So I used to go there all the time. I love it. So just a couple more things I just want to say. Another mommy podcast I came across that I thought was excellent is named Experiencing Motherhood Single and Black. This woman is an absolute go-getter. She's super young. She just relocated from the Houston area to Arizona with her small child. It's, it's very impressive to hear her story and very inspiring. And she has built an incredible community of single moms, mostly of minorities. And, and she said she does have some married white moms. So there you go. So, <laughs> but uh, I will put that in the show notes. Just want to give a nod to her. And thank you so much for joining me today, Leah. Our listeners can follow your amazing baking and family life on your Instagram at Leah Aprile. That's L I A. A-P-R-I-L-E. And I will put that in the show notes. And then wait, what's your new Instagram going to be? Messy what? Uh, messes my kids made. <laughs> okay. I'm going to, I'm going to make you do it. Messes my kids made. I love it. Watch your short film, The All Nighters. Again, link in the show notes and read your forthcoming piece on coffee and crumbs and also watch your Zoom play, The Black Horse. So that's a lot of content right there that people yeah. are looking for. So that's awesome. And it's amazing that you're so creative. Happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers out there. I mean, human mothers, fur moms, the mother earth moms in our life, right? Saskia, yeah. probably for both of us. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And the men who fill the mom role, Happy Mother's Day. Thank you again so much, Leah. The fact you woke up at five in the morning and did this, I, I am very impressed. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was, it was really great. Until next time. Live your life two inches off the ground. That is the way an actor does it. Good job. <laughs>